podcast one production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. The man behind this series is Adam McDougall, a health and fitness economist and expert in performance and health. And to give you some background, after 20 years as an elite athlete in one of the world's toughest sports, Adam expanded into academic studies with connections to the world's smartest people in the fields of health and fitness. And as a result, he has helped transform the health and lives of hundreds of thousands of people. Now, Adam is the health hacker, and in each episode, he makes health easy as he reveals the latest secrets, shortcuts, and tips on achieving ultimate health, happiness, and performance. Adam, I go through your credentials because I want to remind people how much effort, love, and passion you put into your knowledge around health and fitness to help all of us. It's good to see you again. How are you? Great to be here, Alex. I've just uh, stepped off a plane and uh, very excited to be back. I've gone over to America and uh, got some great hacks coming up, been experimenting on myself as well, which is what I do, and uh, hopefully save people a lot of pain and dollars through trialling a lot of these health hacks on myself. But uh, very, very um, interesting week as well. When I was uh, in America, actually, I bumped into a, a vivid listener of our show, actually, and he came up to me and he said that he'd been uh, applying one of our hacks and... Um, he was a bit worried when he uh, started to go to the toilet and he noticed his urine was red. So he uh, went to the doctor and he thought, oh, I've got something wrong with me. And the doctor said, have you been eating a lot of beetroot? And he went, I actually been drinking it before I go on my runs for endurance because Adam McDougall, the health hacker, told me. He goes, that's why your urine's red. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it'll do it to so, you. <laughs> so that'll do it to you, all right? So, so uh, yeah, quite a funny story, actually. But he said he's loving the hacks and uh, it's added a, a lot of uh, performance to his running as well. He said uh, particularly... Uh, his uh, times have come down and his fitness is better than ever and he's dropped a few kilos, so he's very happy with our hacks. And uh, I must admit, I was very happy um, the other day that I got my kids to actually eat some vegetables. So last episode, we spoke about uh, how we eat with our eyes and uh, some of the research around you know, how Disney and, and these big companies manipulate kids through using Disney characters to get them to eat the food. Um, and we found out, you know, just the simple act of presenting your food a certain way actually makes it look a lot more appealing. So therefore it tastes better. And, uh, I've been doing that this week. I've been putting my kids, what food? Uh, what breakfast. Food? Well, I've been trialing, trialing, putting kale and, and some, uh, spinach and stuff in their, in their morning kid shake. And, Kitty um, kale. I, yeah. And then I've been putting it in a, um, frozen cup, which has made a huge difference. So they don't look at the green anymore. They look at, uh, <laughs> They look at Anna, and they look at uh, and they look at the different uh, characters on on the cup, and uh, Adam, they talk about that, and that um, is they get the excited smartest in the thing I've ever heard. Instead of fighting against <laughs> Disney, you've used their own marketing genius to market to your kids, but you put a kale juice in it. That's genius. I did, and I used a Peppa Pig plate, and um, <laughs> I actually positioned the broccoli next to Peppa Pig and said, "Look, Peppa Pig's trying to eat your your broccoli. You better eat it quickly." So. Once again, it certainly worked, you know, the power of uh, influence from these characters. So uh, I took that hack and applied it for good rather than evil. Today's podcast I'm really excited about, and it's all about the gut. And, you know, we all know now that the gut is the hottest trending topic in health and wellness. And uh, we're going to share with everybody today the five top ways to hack your gut health. And here are the five hacks that Adam's going to cover in this episode in great detail. You are what you eat. A variety of food is so important. And there's also another ingredient in there that is going to really improve your stomach health. That's hack number one. Hack number two, the importance of fasting. Number three in the hacks, exercise, believe it or not, is something that can really help your stomach and your gut health. Why that is, he'll touch on that as well. Hack number four, just getting outdoors is part of it, but also getting a bit dirty is a way 
to help your gut health. And hack number five, mentally, you can actually change physically what's happening inside your stomach. We touch on stress and being positive in that hack. Adam, I'm particularly excited for this episode because last year I did a three-month gut health cleanse. And I have a feeling that I should have adopted some of these hacks that are going to come up today because it was very extreme and not sustainable. And that's why I love this show. And I love your approach as a health and fitness economist, because you look at the minimal effective dose. What can I do that I can sustain that is reasonable to give me a huge result? The 80-20 rule, 20% in to get 80% maximum return on your investment. In this case, your health. Yeah, and this is the episode that we're going to rip into. It's just an amazing thing, the stomach. Like we all now know the dangers of having a big belly. We know the dangers of visceral fat and how it strangles all our major organs and leaches out toxins. But what we have just started to realise is that the gut really, what they call now the second brain, the gut, that's how important it is, actually makes up 80% of our immune system resides in our guts. Um, 90% of the serotonin that is produced in our bodies, which you know determines our happiness and, and our, our state of well-being, plus half of the dopamine levels as well, um, is produced in the gut. And you know, it's an amazing, amazing little thing. The gut, like when you look at it, there's this little bag that people just take for granted, isn't it? You know that we think that food gets broken down into, but now we realise that the gut actually has over a hundred million neurons, which simply means that we've got more neurons in our guts than we do in our spinal cord. And in actual fact, which I find is a really cool stat, is you would find more neurons in our gut than you'd find in the brain of a cat. <laughs> Jeez. So, so it's like, you know, it really is like another brain inside your stomach. I've heard people saying the stomach is your second brain. It is. And that's what we now realize that it is. There's actually a nerve that connects directly from the brain to the gut. And, it, and it's an incredible thing now that we realize that the stomach actually controls what happens in the brain to a large extent. So it's, it's amazing. You know, you talk about having butterflies, getting a gut feeling. The reason why these things were around and these sayings have been developed is because intuitively humans have known that the gut has had such a huge impact on our health. And the great thing about this episode about getting into the hacks is we now realize something as simple as having junk food for three days destroys up to 40% of your good gut bacteria. The gut is so plastic, it's so changeable, and that's the exciting thing. We can change it in a positive or negative way so quickly, and finding the hacks that work for you is key here. So that's what we're going to share with everyone today, and you know, it's amazing how we've all thought that you know we're made up of DNA and it's the most important thing, and when you think about it, human DNA only produces 19,000 genes in our body, whereas the gut microbiome now, they've realized, produces 10 million genes. 10 million Gee. compared to 19,000 of human DNA. DNA. So we're now realizing that the gut is so powerful. And, and not only that, genes obviously are important in the sense that everybody has genes in their body that can cause cancer, you know, make your hair fall out. Genes, but they have to be expressed. This is the interesting thing is that genes are there and they're lying dormant. And it's called epigenetics, how you express your lifestyle and how they switch on and off genes to become active or not. So we've all got that cancer inside us. So what switches it on? We don't know. But we do know now that the gut actually expresses how the genes behave, which is game changing. So we all talk about lifestyle causing most cancers and illnesses and stuff like that. And realistically, it's the gut microbiome, the bacteria in your stomach that is switching on these genes. Adam, you said microbiome quite a few times, and it sounds like that's the common link throughout all of this. What is that? Well, 
you're, you're exactly right. And in the words of Ron Burgundy, the microbiome is kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's trendier now than the mullet was in the 80s, you know, with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. It is the hot topic in health. So microbiome is just the generic material of all the microbes, bacteria, fungus and viruses that live on our skin, live on our bodies and inside our human body. And we now know that it's these microbes that are the key to human development, wellness, immunity, nutrition, our mood, everything. You talk about it, the microbiome is the key to how healthy we are. Or the hack's going to be how we get microbiomes in our body going through the roof, right? Exactly. How do we pump up our microbiome? How do we get our guts healthy? And and what's practical? I think that's the key. And that's the great thing about what we do is we share practical tips and things that we know work that don't cost a lot of money and don't take a lot of time. And these tips and these hacks are no different today. Because there's so many rumors about it. Just before we get into the hacks, I've heard though, when you're born, you only start with a certain amount of good gut bacteria. And I suppose that means microbiomes in your stomach. And then once you lose them, you lose them. Like the way we start our life does that determine how much we're going to have in our stomach and then that's it? Or is that all BS? Yeah, no. And that's where scientists are really concerned about, you know, this explosion in, in you know, allergies and intolerances and, and, and all these autoimmune diseases. And um, one of the really scary things was um, how babies were being born. And they, they actually linked a lot of C-section births back to these intolerances and, and obviously autoimmune diseases. Because when you think about it, Genetically speaking, we've always been brought into the world predominantly through vaginal birth, going through the vagina. And that's the first germs that we're exposed to, is coming out of the vagina. And with a C-section, you're not. You're brought out in a sterile environment. So what they have proven now is that the health and the robustness of people's immune system and their level of exposure to different intolerances and whatnot, uh, asthma and all sorts of diseases, is heavily influenced by the way they're born. So I remember speaking to the obstetrician at the time, and I said to the obstetrician, my wife is in the room and she nearly died, I said, um, I'd really like my baby to have a vaginal wipe. Um, as she's going to have to be delivered C-section because she's breached as an emergency. And we're in the operating theatre and they all looked at me like I was some weird... <laughs> and they went, what? And I said, well, you just wipe the vagina and then wipe it on the baby's face and it gets exposed to the same bacteria. And no. um, <laughs> it'll, make its, <laughs> it'll make its immune system much more robust. And uh, they looked at me like, what is this weirdo talking about? Anyway, subsequently when I had my second daughter, I, I went back to the same obstetrician and uh, he said, you know what? There is a bit of research starting to build about that vaginal wipe stuff you're talking about. He goes, we thought it was a bit odd. So you can see the tide starting to turn. We're starting to understand that, you know, it's our environment that's largely shaping us because we are made up of bacteria. So it makes common sense that, you know, the way that you're introduced into the world is really determines how much health you have and how robust your well-being is. So in the first three years, they, they sort of believe that that's when a lot of your immune system is built up. Um, hence why, you know, we encourage people to sort of get out into the real world when they're young. And there's no earlier period than coming coming out at birth. So mm. the way you're born and the way we're introduced into the world and, and you know, even limiting the amount of foods and the different types of foods that we are eating, um, and that leads us into our first hack, um, is really determining our health as a species at the moment. Hack number one, let's get into it. Well, hack number one, it's a good saying and it's a saying for a reason. You are what you eat, you see. Every single time you put food in your mouth, you shouldn't just think about what it's actually doing to your, your waistline, really. That's what we're all concerned about. But what it's actually doing to your stomach, what it's doing to your biome, what's it, what's it actually doing to the bacteria that makes you up? You see, because every food decision you make actually impacts billions and billions of these microbiome that are living inside our colon in particular. You know, you've got good microbiome and they depend on being fed essentially certain foods. Now, we know sugar 
the bad bacteria feeds off sugar. So that's why sugar's a massive no-no on so many levels, not only for our waistline, but we now know that these bad bacteria thrive off things like sugar and trans fats and saturated fats. We now know that that's what they want. If you feed bacteria what they want, they become louder and louder. And as we now know, because it's the second brain, once that noise becomes louder and there's less voices, what does the brain hear? It hears them voices. So all of a sudden you're going to crave more sugar. So you really need to feed the good bacteria fibre. Really important. Your mum and dad used to say, eat your greens. Well, we now know why eating vegetables are so important. If we ate more plants, because they're packed full of fibre and prebiotics, Essentially, prebiotics, you would have heard this word. It's a very trendy word. A lot of supplements out there now pushing probiotics and prebiotics. And I'll explain the slight differences. Prebiotics are just basically the fiber that are inside plants. And your body can't digest these fiber. They just can't digest it. So it encourages the growth of good bacteria in your guts, prebiotics, the fiber that is in these sort of things. So oats, um, Jerusalem artichokes, asparagus is another great one, bananas, flax seeds, apples, seaweeds. These are the sort of things that will feed the good gut bacteria. So it's really, really important that we try to focus on a diet that's healthy in vegetables, not just because they're good for us, but they're good for our microbiome more importantly. And whereas when we look at the other thing that we, we're all, you know, raving on about, which are probiotics, they're like parachuting little microbiome into your stomach as such. And also, you know, give, you know, the the biome that's in there a little bit of uh, nourishment as well. But largely we're finding that probiotics aren't that effective, unfortunately. Now, this is one of the interesting things about fiber. If you have your probiotic encapsulated in fiber, it will be a lot more effective. So trying to find a probiotic that's mixed with a prebiotic will actually give you a lot more bang for your buck. So I don't know too many companies out there at the moment that are doing that. There's not really many. And that's why, once again, food is really the best natural supplement because food is, you know, enclosed by fibre. And just having one glass of alcohol, wine in particular, a week, for example, can really, really increase your gut microbiome and the diversity of it as well. You know, drinking three cups of coffee a day, which has like a laxative effect as well, and it signals to your gut that there's something positive going on in your digestive tract will also boost your good bacteria, which is amazing, like coffee. You know, olive oil, for example, is another one. Fatty fish, they help reduce gut inflammation. Dark chocolate, you know, is another thing because it's high in flavonoids and polyphenolines. So, you know, berries are another one as well. So cheeses like gouda and cheddar and mozzarella and cottage cheese and feta, like goat's milk. These are, you know, naturally fermented foods. And that's the great thing as well, is that human evolution, we naturally used to ferment foods because we didn't have fridges. So all of a sudden our DNA was able to use these fermented foods in a positive way. So, you know, we didn't have access to fridges back in the day, so we had to use fermentation. And fermentation had these added health benefits, which we don't get now. So unfortunately, technology is making us not only fat and lazy, but it's also making us sick because we're not being exposed anymore to fermented foods. Pickles, you know, people go buy pickles and pickles are a great thing. The major thing there with a pickle is looked at, it's just in brine or water. You don't want the vinegar because that's going to destroy the fermentation and it's not going to have the probiotics in it. But you can butchers, your sauerkrauts, your kefirs, by all means, go out and take a probiotic because we do know the two most popular strains are really great for things like antibiotic use and diarrhea. So there are some benefits to taking a general probiotic if you've got them conditions, but don't expect it to transform your gut bacteria when you're living on a crappy diet as well. We are what we eat and get diversity. That is the key. Get the diversity and listen to your mum and dad eat your greens and you'll have a much healthier gut and you'll be a healthier you. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Number two is be hungry. We weren't born to not 
be used to the feeling of being hungry. Scientists have now found that fasting, which we're going to do a podcast on in itself, but one of the main benefits of fasting is is that it actually helps protect your gut microbiome, these great bacteria that we need. It is believed that fasting actually switches on a a switch, Alex, a genetic switch that activates an anti-inflammatory response in your gut, which helps protect you and your bacteria, which is amazing. You know, they've also found that some of the most very important gut bacteria also flourish when we cut out calories or don't eat because they feed off the mucus in our stomach. I know that sounds disgusting, but a lot of the good gut bacteria, the Archaeus bacteria, which helps break down the energy out of food. So you think about it, when you eat food, you have this bacteria, when it gets down there, that actually helps extract the minerals, the vitamins, the goodness out of the food, and that therefore doesn't leave as many calories to go into your fat cells. So it breaks down the energy in the food, so you're using more of that food as energy rather than storing it as fat. So that's incredible, isn't it? That your gut microbiome actually determines how many calories you store away. And the, the actual microbiomes that are responsible for this, ironically, thrive under conditions of not eating. All right, hack number three. Well, exercise, everyone knows how important it is. Well, it's just not just important for your lungs and your heart and your muscles. Exercise is really healthy and important for your stomach. So when we're out there running, our little bacteria think about them inside. The healthy ones, they're in there doing the push-ups and sit-ups with us. And Alex, the exciting thing for all you blokes and girls out there listening who might think they're a bit of a couch potato or not an athlete, is you don't need to be team extreme. We speak about it all the time. Just a little bit of exercise. A recent study took a group of people that were very, very non-active. They just did a little bit of exercise. And guess what? Their gut bacteria flourished. They had more diversity in their stomach microbiome. Just with a little bit of exercise, as little as 10 minutes of high-intensity exercise a day, they seen this huge improvement in their gut health and general health as well. So the great thing is the gut can change quickly. The health of your gut can change for the better or the worse very quickly. So take control of it and hack into it today. And at the end of this episode, if you want to learn about how high-intensity exercise works and the best way to do it, Adam's hacked into it already for you in the episode of How to Get Fit Fast. Okay, mate, the next hack is get outdoors and get bloody dirty. It's estimated that we now spend up to 90% of our time and lives indoors, Alex. 90% indoors. So this shift in our lifestyle is so unnatural because you think about it as a species, this isn't how we evolved and this is why our microbiome shifted so much. So it's really, really important that we get exposed to the natural elements and this can be fixed and that's my hack now. It can be fixed so easy by simply opening up the windows in our houses every single day. That's right. Yes. Do not keep your windows closed. Go and open a window because research has shown that this simple act will improve the diversity as well as the amount of microbiomes that you have in your home and in your environment, which we now know will then determine how many microbiome and good bacteria we have inside our stomachs. So whatever you do also while you're at opening them windows, throw them freaking disinfectants out the window. Get rid of the bacterial soaps, get rid of the antibacterial crap, you know, the wipes and all these cleaning products, they're toxic. They're, they're wiping out your all your immune system. So it's a draw a line somewhere. Obviously, you're not going to just leave chicken, you know, juice laying on the, on the kitchen counter and exposing yourself to things like salmonella. And you're going to obviously, you know, have certain kitchen practices and whatnot. I'm talking about general life skills in general. Like I said, 90% of our time now is spent indoors. It's unnatural. We don't, we're germophobic. You know, we, we, we're afraid to, you know, go out and, you know, you, you shake someone's hand and they're using antibacterial soap after they shake their hand. You know, people are wearing masks around. You know, it's just ridiculous. We need to be exposed to germs, you know. That's why antibiotics are so bad because they do not discriminate between wiping out good bacteria and bad bacteria. So that was the importance, once again, of taking a probiotic, especially after you have antibiotics, because you've got to repopulate your gut. What do you think your body's being exposed to every day of all these chemicals and cleaning products? 
It's wiping out all your good gut bacteria. So whatever you do, expose yourself to germs. You know, they've shown that people who have pets around kids at a younger age have a much better, robust immune system because they're playing with animals and animals are obviously exposed to different bacteria and germs. So whatever you do, especially if you've got kids, open that window, buy yourself a dog or a cat and let them go dig in the dirt. And if you're an adult, do the same thing as well. Final hack for this episode, number five, what is it? They always say the best medicine is laughter, and it sure is. You know, a recent study in the Journal of Physiology and Pharmacology actually found that stress not only negatively affected our moods, our energy, but the amount and diversity of good gut bacteria. So here you go again. We said it's our second brain. We know we get a bad feeling in our gut. You feel stress. Where do you feel it normally? You're like you've got a knot in your stomach. You know oh, when people yeah. say that? Mm. And that's what it's doing. Your gut's under siege. When you're stressed, you are under siege, literally. Your good gut bacteria are just getting wiped out. So laugh. We now know that you can't experience two emotions at once. That's why I love practicing gratitude because if I'm grateful for something, I can't be sad or I can't be angry. So, you know, when someone cuts me off in traffic, I've been trying to get better, Alex, because what I used to do on the football field, if someone used to try and cut me off, I'd want to go jump on their head (laughs) or smash them. But I can't do that anymore. So, you know, when someone annoys me, I, I just looked at them and I go, you know what? I'm grateful that I've, you know, that I'm in a good mood. So I don't allow myself to get into their negative state as such. So I don't allow their behavior to affect my behavior because I take an attitude of not being responsive and getting angry because I don't know what's going on with them. I just control what I control and that's me and being grateful for the fact that I'm healthy and I'm happy. So the mood that you have is controlled by you and it will affect your gut microbiome. So you think about every time we get stressed, what happens, what shifts, we've spoken about it before, you're breathing. So if you learn tools to control your breathing or if you're mindful of your breathing, this will really switch off a lot of that fight or flight response that we speak about, which you know switches on the stress, which produces cortisol. So as soon as you're not breathing properly, what happens? Your body thinks it's under stress. So being mindful of breathing properly is another huge one. And that's why laughter, you laugh from the belly. So activating your diaphragm and trying to take big belly breaths when you are feeling stressed or whatever will really protect your gut microbiome. So it's going to make a huge difference. And something that I try to do on a daily basis is I go on YouTube or I come home in the afternoon when I've had a bit of a, a busy day or just before I go to bed and I try and find something on YouTube that will make me laugh. So, yeah, finding a funny movie, um, you know, is actually, from a research point of view, has been, you know, found to actually cause positive physical and emotional changes, which boost gut bacteria. In actual fact, a University of Maryland study found, Alex, that laughing while watching a comedy diluted blood vessels by 22%, which also improved gut health and general health in, in general. So if you want to get rid of a bad gut, just laugh it off. Well, Adam Sandler films, I think, are in line for you, Adam. <laughs> I love Adam Sandler, and I'll tell you what, Will Ferrell, I just, oh, look at that bloke, and I laugh. So he's good for my <laughs> gut. You know, the funniest thing is he's got a, he's got a pretty ugly-looking gut, and there's nothing better than old school watching his body run down nude, is there? Mm. So We're streaking. Certainly love Will Ferrell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we'll go back to Ron Burgundy, one of his older egos once again, and we hopefully have learned from today's episode that, yes, the gut is kind of a big deal, and the microbes are the rock stars, so make sure you taking these hacks. They're all pretty simple. Your health won't regret it. They are simple hacks, but we have gone through a lot of information. So I'm going to break it down for you. I've been taking notes rigorously, Adam. Number one (laughs) is to eat plant-based foods as they promote good microbiomes in your stomach. And also variety is really key. Fasting encourages microbiomes again, and it's anti-inflammatory. And that's the key here. Microbiomes is what you need to generate good gut health. Number three is exercise results in good gut health as well, because again, that encourages microbiomes. Four, exposure to the elements. 
Again, encouraging microbiomes, the key to all of your gut health. And number five, stress kills those good bacteria and good microbiomes. So rent a Will Ferrell film. (laughs) Great advice there, mate. And hopefully people get some great tips out of today's episode. And I can't wait to join you next time and uh, share some more hacks that I've been traveling and trying to apply myself. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall is recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Produced by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Nick Slater. Executive producer is Jamie Show. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.